0: Hey everybody, this is Jeff Friedman. Welcome to my podcast where we talk about improv comedy, the history of Jewish humor and trauma in comedy. On today's episode we have actor Richard Kind. He's really the one who got me thinking about the rhythmic quality of Jewish humor in the first place. I ran some questions by him, he gave some great answers. Here's Richard Kind, everybody. So... Could I just start off by asking you, um, how do you define Jewish humor, if you define it at all?
1: I I don't. Um, uh, I I do believe that... Yeah, I don't know whether there is Jewish humor. Another way I guess you could put it is, this is a joke my dad would like. (laughs) But I I don't know whether or not there really is Jewish humor. You can say with... I used to like to think that Jewish humor was more intellectual, but I don't know whether that's true anymore. Uh, I I, I think the whole world has changed. So that's one thing. I think it's the intellect. Uh, What I do believe is that there is a rhythm uh, and it's a very urban rhythm to to Jewish humor. And Carl Reiner once said that sitcoms should be written by Jews and acted by Goyle. And I think I got to work with the best of them, who was uh, Michael J. Fox. He spoke in absolute uh, urban Jewish rhythms. A guy from Vancouver, you know, a Canadian uh, uh, non-Jew. But he had that patter and it's it's what he did. Um, Phil Silvers had it the best, you know, it was a real patter. Uh, And those I guess those people, the way they hit their consonants uh, there, there's a definite jazz rhythm to how Jews can speak. Uh, Jackie Mason is the extreme. uh, But I think that that's what it is. I think it's more, more delivery than it is, uh, than it is subject or, uh, or the Jewish joke.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So, You know, do you identify with the label Jewish comedian? And if you do, what does that mean for you exactly?
1: I don't. Uh, I got to tell you something. I I, I was reluctant to do this interview. Okay. Because uh, ever since I did A Serious Man, I get offered more Jewish roles than I can possibly tell you. Okay. And I'm somebody who likes to act all different roles. Right. Okay, I mean, I was in, uh, I did Tom Stoppard's uh, Travesties uh, in, in theater. Now, if I'm only known for this, I remember after I did uh, Serious Man, Clint Eastwood cast me in a role for a movie, and I was a Greek. My name was, it was a Greek name. Mm-hmm. And Clint Eastwood always used to go, hey, it's the Greek, like that. Now, who in the world would call me the Greek? Clint Eastwood did because I played the Greek guy. Uh, but I I try not to be categorized right. not out of uh, um, what's, what's the word? Not out of uh, disloyalty to or, or turning my back on the Jewish people. I'm turning my back on the Hollywood people who want to compartmentalize me and say oh these are the only roles you can do. So I try not to do it. Now, I am who I am. And like I say, I speak in this in this pattern. This is the way I talk. I have an East Coast uh, way of speaking. I don't like to think that it's New York or even Jewish. I have gotten in taxi cabs where the taxi cab driver goes, are you from Ireland? Huh. And I go, where in the world? And I, this has been more than once they think that I sound Irish. Now, it's some sort of rhythm or it's some sort of way of speaking. It's different than what they're hearing. And I am certainly not Midwest in the way that I talk or bland in the way that I talk. And I don't want to be bland. I want to be how I sound. But I don't want to be compartmentalized or typecast as the Jewish guy. Mm -hmm. And yet, sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it.
0: (laughs) So was comedy your entry point to no, Another world of entertainment? No,
1: opposite. I was, uh, no, I was an actor. I was an actor first. Then I went to Second City in Chicago, which was the bastion of Jewish humor, you know? And when Second City started, it was all started by Jews. You know, Nichols and May, they were Jewish. Uh, um, uh, Sally Berman was there. They, 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 they were all Jews in Chicago, and they were intellectual Jews. And that, that, that's what it was. So when I went to Second City, the Animal House, non-Jewish, Midwestern sense of humor had exploded on the screen, which I think is equally as funny. But, you know, you take a movie, a comedy by Sidney Lumet or Woody Allen or, or you know, that's more New York. And I guess New York, certainly because of Reggie Jackson in uh, is Jewish, but then Lenny Bruce said, you know, it doesn't matter what religion you are. If you live in New York, you're Jewish.
0: <laughs> Would you say that you found comedy or did comedy find you?
1: No, I've always been funny. I'm a, I'm, I'm a funny guy. I have a good sense of humor. And so, no, I'm just, uh, I just I actually found comedy around uh, somewhere between fourth, fifth and sixth grade while I was at summer camp and uh, found out what self peace and humor was. I found out what irony was. I think that um, I think Jewish humor has to do with irony. And I think irony is a sign of intelligence. I think I think good irony is is a sign of intellect. Uh, And uh, people who don't have uh, a refined intellect cannot see the irony in a subject.
0: So why did you do improv early in your career?
1: Uh, because friends of mine were, uh, who I went to Northwestern with, were asked to come out and be on Saturday Night Live. So while they were here, people who, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Brad Hall, Gary Kroger, and they had a theater in Chicago named uh, the Practical Theater Company. And they said, why don't you go out and, and do it? I had, I had never improvised. I didn't think I was any good. So I, uh, that one was thrust on me. I went out, and they had an improv company, and I went out and I, I opened a show that was developed through improv, but they were sketches. I then, uh, after opening night, the producer of Second City liked me, and he said, would you come and do Second City? And I said, I've never, I've never improvised. And he goes, you'll learn, and you do. I learned on stage. I was on stage for a year and a half before I was any good at improvisation but you do it night after night after night and I'm not a dumb man so eventually it got okay
0: i want to ask you know just in general who are some of the actors and comedians who who inspired you when you were younger um i love
1: wc fields woody allen of course i mean i i wanted to be woody allen huh. uh i i he was he was my hero I mean, his writing of New Yorker short stories, and he had a couple of books called Getting Even uh, Without Feathers, were written in a, in a, a pattern that fit my voice. Uh, I loved Woody Allen. I loved his neuroses. It made me laugh. It made others uncomfortable, but it made me laugh very much. Uh, I said W.C. Fields. I wanted to be Spencer Tracy. You know, I wanted to be a really great actor. Uh, although I knew I would never be Spencer Tracy because Spencer Tracy had a certain sensibility about him. He, you know, Bernie Silence, who created Second City, said that you have to accept who you are, especially in, a, in, a, in the company that was our improvisational troupe. You had to know who was the good guy, who was the bad guy, who was the handsome man, who was the leading man, the stuff like that, and it's knowing who you are and sometimes I deny who I am because I don't want to do the, um, the Jewish guy. Mm-hmm. So I try and uh, – what's the word? I, I, I just try and, and push the boundaries a little bit. I, I, and I use that example of doing travesties using a, a English accent, being a, uh, a fop in the during World War Two. And nobody, I think, would ever cast me, and yet somebody did. And I thought this is great, and I did it. And I love doing that. I did uh, Candy. You know, I do. I do a lot of um, a lot of roles that are not necessarily Jewish, and yet I am who I am, so I sort of meet the character halfway. Okay. Uh, but I, I I don't necessarily go after those roles that are Jewish, and in fact, when they're offered to me, I, I pretty much turn them down. Okay. But I gotta make a living, and sometimes they pay more money than I can afford to turn down.
0: Okay. Now, and I don't know if you're referring to, you know, TV film specifically, but if I understand correctly, you've you've done multiple roles in The Producers on stage. Is that no, true? I've only
1: done one on stage. Oh, one role. I only, I only did Max on stage.
0: Okay. And... Is that something, you know, that you didn't enjoy as much as the rest of your work or? uh... Oh, God,
1: I love doing. No, 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 no,
0: no. Okay.
1: You do the producers because it's the producers. Okay. (laughs) One of the great roles of musical theater. So when I was offered it, uh, no, I'll tell you how I got it. I had auditioned for the producers and they offered me the touring company. I said, I don't want to tour. Then I was doing a show out in a theater called Bay Street Theater in another Tom Stoppard play called Rough Crossing. And I played an Englishman, okay, an English accent, the whole bit. And uh, Mel Brooks and Ann Bancroft saw me in that and said, you're right for the producers. Come, come do the producers. So they offered me the producers on Broadway. And then uh, they, they asked me to do it on the, uh, on stage at the Hollywood Bowl. So I did it at the Hollywood Bowl. And the only reason I was in the movie, The Producers, was because Susan Stroman is a very loyal person. And she asked me to do that role. And in fact, I said, I'm not right for that role. And I suggested somebody else, a guy named Dan Castellaneta, who is not Jewish. And it's just a small one line, but it's a very famous... One line, and I said, Give it to him. And she goes, No, I want to use you. so I did it. Huh. She was wrong. She was wrong. She was, should have used somebody else.
0: <laughs> um, how do you experience the creation of your characters um, in those Jewish settings or in Jewish companies? So, roles, you know, like the producers, uh, Mad About You, Red Oaks, Curb, A Serious Man, in comparison to. You know, roles in not so Jewish company. I don't.
1: I I act them as if I have blonde hair and blue eyes. Okay. I don't. I don't say, "Oh, look at this guy; he's Jewish." I, I absolutely not. In fact, it's it's the opposite. It's very, very, very much the opposite. In fact, Red Oaks, although he was a Jewish father. I never, I swear, I never thought of him as a Jewish father, ever. Not for a second. He was a father during the 80s. That's what he was. Uh, And that's one of those roles I might have turned down. It took place at a Jewish country club. The kid playing my son was from Wales. Mm -hmm. So he's not exactly Jewish. Right. He was playing somebody who was Jewish. So if he can play somebody who's Jewish, I can play somebody who's not Jewish. And not for a second. I know that you think I'm deluding myself. Anybody who sees the show may say, well, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> but thinking that he wasn't. But I didn't for one second play him as a Jew. I played him as a father living in the 80s. and That's all I did. The only thing that was Jewish was were that a word might have been in there but i don't even think there was i swear the kid just worked at a jewish country club i swear that's all i thought about never once for a minute thought that i was a jewish father Mm okay doesn't help your thesis does it
0: no i want this perspective too because because if you don't identify with it there's a lot i can learn from that as well i think um you know just in general, I see humor as a way of coping with tragic situations and sometimes, you know, even traumatic situations. And I'm wondering if you have...
1: Yes, sometimes Donald Trump.
0: Yeah, Donald Trump being being a great example. What is your take on, you know, do you think that Jews or really any comedians, uh, do you think they come to comedy um, searching for a coping mechanism for tragedy? Or do you think that comedy? Oh, that might, that, that's
1: interesting. Yeah, I suppose in the old days th- they did. Um, by the way, you're going to ask me about uh, like Nazi jokes or things like that. I have no boundaries. I am very, very politically incorrect most of the time, and pray that I don't do it aloud okay. uh, on camera. But I, uh, I, I think that um, Mel Brooks making fun of the Nazis in the way that he did. There's absolutely nothing offensive. Um, I once heard somebody call serious man, anti-Semitic. The only reason the seri- a serious man is anti-Semitic is because nobody is good looking in the movie. And blonde hair and blue eyes is our vision of a good looking person. And there's no blonde or blue-eyed person in the movie, but I, I think it's the opposite of, of, uh, you know, of, of anti-Semitic. It just showed Jews. If you don't, if you don't like Jews, you know, okay. Let, let, let's say you take uh, the villain in, you know, Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Is that an anti-English movie? No, the guy was a villain what he was. He's a villain. And in A Serious Man, you have somebody who has an affair. Are all Jews philanderers? Uh, or, or or he dreamt about an affair. No. This man was a philanderer. And therefore, that I think that guy was racist. Simply because they're, they're shown that way, maybe he sees himself in that light. But I'm, you know, People are people. And if you say, oh, this Jewish man was depicted as a philanderer, well, then all Jews are philanderers, but they're not. This person who was Jewish happened to always be a philanderer. Right. But not all philanderers are Jewish and not all Jews are philanderers. Right. We're people. <laughs> and that's why the world is screwed up. Okay
0: um so who if anybody has license um to use stereotypes or to reference traumatic historical events in their jokes or in their humor who does who does everybody okay
1: i'm I, i i'm i'm not selective in who can make certain jokes okay i'll make a black joke and i might get attacked by it so I'll try not to do it on camera but I'll make a black joke because I know who I am and I will make plenty of Jewish cheap jokes and I actually take offense to it and do it because I'm liberal because that is the stereotype but um, I know plenty of other people who are not Jewish who will be cheap or who love money or think about money with the same fervor that a Jew does or that a Scot- Scotsman does, because Scots are supposed to be so cheap. But it it's not. That person is cheap. I can be very cheap, but I'm also ridiculously generous. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I hate it when I'm generous more than I hate it when I'm cheap. Because I go, ah, what am I what am I being generous for? Am I doing it because uh, oh but I will tell you one thing. I, I think this is interesting. I do a lot of benefits for charities. And a lot of times they'll have these things where you raise a paddle and says, I you know, I'll give a thousand dollars. So we're actually asking for money. I could do an auction and and I'm great. But saying raise your paddle if you want to give ten thousand dollars or raise your paddle if you want to give a thousand dollars. I can't do that. And I, I don't and I I honestly I believe that is because of my Judaism. Don't ask me why, but I just can't ask for money that way. Mm. I wish I knew why. But that is a subtle form of my awareness of Judaism. Not anti Semitism, not pro Semitism. Semitism, just my awareness of how I deal with money.
0: So I'm curious then, you know, have you ever been in a situation, uh, where, you know, publicly, um, a comedian has made a joke that makes you uncomfortable or that you feel never crossed the line. Okay.
1: Never. But I have been in plenty of situations where, uh, look, I have a friend who, who will say um, uh, uh, such and such happened at school. And uh, there was this black guy who stood up and, said, and I said, why do you want to say he's a black guy? Now, if I have to go meet somebody in front of a theater and he's got my tickets and I say, describe him. He's a black man. Right. I will discount all Caucasians. That separates him from the Caucasians. His skin is very dark. I will get that. That's that is the only time that you should ever differentiate from one person to another because uh, because of their skin color. Or the guy, uh, you know, he, he he will he'll honestly say he goes. Uh, he, he sometimes trains people, and he goes. Uh, so I'm training this uh, this woman, this Jewish woman over on the other side. I want to know that she's Jewish. Why would I? Why? How? How? How does that help my definition? Now, if you say she's a very cheap, big-nosed, uh, uh, fast-talking, loud woman, I would say, all right, you're talking about a New York Jew. Okay, because that is. A stereotype, but otherwise, I don't. I don't want to hear that she's Jewish. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that does
0: make sense. Um, what is it about the work of comedians like yourself or Larry David that lends itself to the improvisational style?
1: It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't at all. Larry David, for nine years, or however many, wrote a script. And then, because he's so inventive, he developed a show that did not use a script, but was improvisational. But it's not at all. You have a movie like Animal House. It was scripted. Who was the only one who improvised?
0: I'm guessing Belushi.
1: There you go. (laughs) Now, how Jewish is Belushi?
0: Uh, Not not extremely.
1: He's Armenian or Croatian or whatever the hell he was. (laughs) But it has nothing to do with his religion. He's the only one who improvised. So therefore, are all improvisers Armenians? No. I don't think so.
0: Do you have you made, you know, many jokes about difficult or painful experiences in your own life? And if, if so, why do you think we do that?
1: I once heard say. Don't take yourself so seriously, take life seriously. And I think that if you. Can make those sort of jokes, we can take ourselves less seriously. In fact, I think that's probably the crux of your Jewish humor, is we don't take ourselves so seriously, but we take life seriously. Uh, the Jews study life. They study uh, ethics. They study uh, morality. They, they study God and philosophy and uh the uh, the right way to lead a life on the flip side they make fun of themselves personally and i think that's the crux of your jewish humor
0: if i can just tack this on you know wrapping up soon but um in the the creation of the father and red oaks or um i don't know even the hypochondriac on Scrubs, you know, rules like that. If you don't see um, a Jewish father, can you tell me a bit about what you do see? I mean, or is it is this too cliche to think you know to assume that you're basing it on your father or something? You know, I did, and a, you a did. lot of okay. it
1: was a lot of it was based on my dad. Um, you know, I never thought of uh, of uh, not for a minute. Never once in my life did I ever think of my character on Scrubs as mm-hmm. a Jewish guy, as a, as a hypochondriac. And God knows, I, when I think of a hypochondriac in my life, the hypochondriac I think of, it's so funny, <laughs> is this guy was as non-Jewish as you could possibly get. He was an ex-cop. He actually was the first captain of the very first SWAT team in the world. This guy was a strong, strong man. The most un-Jewish man in the world. (laughs) And he was the biggest hypochondriac. It was hilarious. (laughs) So hypochondriacs are not Jewish. And he used to whine all the time. And he goes, right, I You know, I I think I've I think I've got cancer. Oh, I think I've got uh, sleep apnea. I've got all these things. And he did. He had all those things. <laughs> but he would complain about them all the time. If you do it in a whiny way, then maybe you say, oh, he's so New Yorkie. Therefore, New Yorkie equals Jew. Uh, but not all hypochondriacs are Jewish and I did not think of my guy at all as Jewish.
0: Mm-hmm. I, see. I
1: at, see. At all. I, I'm not a modicum. Not for a second did I think of him ever as being Jewish. Ever. He was a guy. The father in Red Oaks. I fought against him being Jewish, if you must know. okay. So, I just did. I never for a second thought of him. and. and I don't think there was anything in the character that was ever pronounced as him being Jewish, ever. I don't think there was ever one reference. And because my son was an the guy who played him was an actor from Wales, it helped me because I was the father to a kid who looked like that and was from Wales. So I never, never said, oh, this is how a Jewish father would handle a son going. Oh, I did. I had a great joke. Uh, <laughs> a, a C is a Jewish F. A very <laughs> yeah, funny joke. Right, right, right. That was a very funny joke. <laughs> uh, but I never, never, I never, I, I, look, I knew the guy was Jewish, but I knew that the guy playing my son, Craig, was not Jewish. He was Welsh. Okay. Did I think of myself as well? No. no. But I thought of my fa- myself as a father to Craig, you know, to, to this kid. This kid who happened to work at a Jewish country club. Right.
0: So, you know, does the director ever just tell you, like, be more Jewish or be less no, Jewish? Oh,
1: never. Not for a second. Okay. Never. In fact, I can't do a very good Jewish accent. I know so many people who can do Jewish accents. I can't do it.
0: Did you ever do stand-up, by the way? Never. Never touched it. Hmm. Uh, too scary.
1: <laughs> but but years of improv.
0: Right.
1: And and I, and I didn't enter improv because of Judaism. I didn't enter it because I liked improv. I entered into it because I was asked.
0: Right.
1: Who the hell is going to turn down the job?
0: And you have the
1: most prestigious theater of its type. In the world.
0: Have you performed improv on stage since, you know, when you originally did it? Then? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And I'm no good. I, I <laughs> a lot of people think I'm good. I'm no good.
0: <laughs> I, I really am not. I'm not very good at all. If I could just uh, finish with one more question, if that's OK. Uh, that's fun for me. I hope it can be fun for you. Uh, but, you know, what is the most Jewish thing that you've done in your own life or on stage or on screen or all the above?
1: Oh, just that? Yeah. Well, I mean, A, a Serious Man was all about uh, Judaism. Right. And about the morality of Judaism and about, uh, you know, the Book of Job. And and uh, well, no, I shouldn't say the Book of Job because I don't think the cones really like that. But it started out. yeah, It was all about a Jewish family. That's just what it was. And being Jewish was very important in that movie and what it was like to be Jewish during that time. In Minneapolis, uh, so that was all about about Jews.
0: So that more so than Curb or the producers, even.
1: I don't think of Curb as Jewish. Okay, gotcha. I don't. Gotcha. Uh, I don't. Um, Larry is neurotic, <laughs> but I certainly know neurotics who are not Jewish. Right. Uh, A, complains, but I know a lot of people complain. He's self-centered, but I certainly know a lot of people who are not Jews who are self-centered. He happens to be somebody who was all of those things that looks like him, and he doesn't look like a typical American. Okay, who you think of in a Grant Wood painting or something. Uh, And the Jews think of it as Jewish because they're proud of it but it's, it's not it just isn't okay. so that's what it is
0: thank you so much Richard you bet thanks for listening everybody that's Richard Kind I hope you enjoyed the interview if you're interested in checking out any of Richard Kind's work A Serious Man the Coen Brothers movie is available on Netflix he's also in the show Big Mouth as the father of John Mulaney's character. So you might have guessed it, this is the last episode of the first season of my podcast, Don't Laugh. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you took something from it, even if you just listened to it in bits and pieces. I learned so much from the process of interviewing people and putting these episodes together, and I couldn't have done that without the help and dedication of a ton of people. First, thank you to all the amazing interviewees from this season. I could not have done it without your kindness and patience and thoughtfulness, and I seriously can't thank you enough. However, there are so many more interviews that I was so lucky to be able to do that I did not have the chance to include in the first season, and I would like to thank those interviewees. Thank you to Adam Faison, Alan Blumenfeld, Billy Reback, Brendan McDonald, Kathy Ladman, Jason Alexander, Jordan Cohen, Joshua Cohen, Joshua Molina, Lou Charloff, Mark Schiff, Marla Schultz, Nico Jaffe, Ruth Weiss, Sam Lipsite, Steve Middleman, and Tommy Gallup. You're all Minches. And to everyone else listening, if you're interested in hearing interviews with any of the people I just mentioned, please stick around for future seasons. There are a lot more episodes I wanna get out there, there's a lot more ground to cover, and we really need to get into this rhythm thing a little bit more. Thank you so much to Eddie Gonzalez for the endless support, back from when this project was just a half-baked idea all the way down to the final edits. And thank you for the perfect logo design too. And thank you to Professor Tran as well for the unbelievable amount of dedication. And one last time, thank you to Particles for the incredible music. Thanks for listening, everybody. Nice talking to you. Talk to you next time.